he was finally placed in my arms like it's that you can't even actually explain the like feeling of peace that just washes right over it was like every struggle <laughs> the last 20 some hours that I'd been through just was wiped away because you know my, my walker boy was here and God got us through it somehow <laughs> Danielle, welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief that our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Birth Journeys podcast. Today we have Victoria on and she's going to be sharing her birth journeys with us. Hey, Victoria. Thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, well, yes, my name is Victoria. Um, I'm just coming up on my 30th birthday, which is kind of exciting. Um, and I'm married. We have uh, two children. We've been married for eight years now. We live in Alberta, which is um, Alberta, Canada. I'm really thankful for because my husband's actually born and raised in Michigan. So moving to Canada was like a really big deal for him. So <laughs> I don't know how many people you've had on your podcast that are from outside of the States, but here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently a work from home mom. I do freelance writing for a web designer and I do special event hair and makeup on the side. I also have my degree in psychology and recently have been looking into the requirements for doing my uh, doula and lactation consultant training. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do with my psych degree, but this seems appropriate now. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Cool. So why don't you start by telling us where your birth journey began? So, I mean, I've wanted to be a mom for pretty much as long as I can remember. Like a little kid, even when my, um, parents brought my little sister home from the hospital I told my mom that the baby needed to sleep in my room so I could feed her and change her diapers I just (laughs) I don't know that maternal sort of instinct I guess has been really really strong for me um and I never even thought about not being a mom it was just something that I knew I wanted and was going to happen um, someday. Um, my husband and I, though, we did wait a few years after we got, um, married before we were really serious about starting a family. I, my mom and my sister both have a history of, uh, PCOS. And so I, I never had any issues and I just like chose to live in an ignorance as bliss sort of state and just didn't yeah want to believe that that could affect me even a little bit and so I just never I I never let it creep into my mind um before we even started 
um, thankfully we were like, we didn't have any struggles and we were really happily surprised when we found out we were expecting our first. And so, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's kind of how things started for us. Um, and then, but we were like so excited to tell our family our good news when we found out we were pregnant. Um, and you are just expect that you will be met with the same excitement. Mm. Um, unfortunately, uh, like a little backstory, my parents, like I said, my mom had PCOS um, and they had a lot of trouble um, conceiving and um, continuing a pregnancy. So I have five brothers or sisters um, that I've never met that are in heaven before me. And so um, when we told my parents, unfortunately, my mom was just completely overcome with fear. And mm-hmm. I did not <laughs> expect that. Like you said, you just, you think everyone's going to be just as pumped as you are. And I never, that never crossed my mind that there wouldn't be that same level of excitement. So, um, and I even remember her pleading with me, like, don't tell anyone until at least 13 weeks. And I mean, you hear that lots, right? Like that you should wait or whatever. But I had to remind her, it's like, even if we don't get to hold this baby in our arms, you know, they're still really loved and they're still very real. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to tell the people that I wanted to tell because the ones I wanted to share our joy with were the same people I'd want walking beside me if we did have to experience sorrow. Mm, So, um, yeah. And after that, um, pregnancy like was fairly uneventful with my first, um, I was really, really sick. I did take Diclectin every day, full nine months (laughs) just so that I, could stay alive basically (laughs) the only time I didn't have to take it though actually we went on holidays when I was 30 weeks to Hawaii and I don't know there's something about Hawaii that I didn't have to I didn't have heartburn there I didn't feel sick it was just the best (laughs) so if you ever are pregnant and you get a chance to go to Hawaii take it (laughs) yeah (laughs) can't argue with that advice So what kind of prenatal care did you choose for your pregnancy? Um, So I honestly didn't really know there was anything other than going to see a regular doctor. So I was with um, the doctors, you know, I I had found a phone and found a family doctor and we got accepted that way. Um, And she offered prenatal care, obviously. Um, It wasn't. I mean, looking back, it's not uh, the care I think that maybe was best for me. A lot of it was, um, I don't know, it's just hard, obviously, because they have a practice and they're doing more than just taking care of you. And so a lot of what they do is very generic, I guess. Um, And I felt like what the doctor said was what had to happen for a lot of things. And so I didn't know I had choices. I didn't know, um, there were really options. Um, and, 
like once I got closer to my um, due date, uh, the doctor kind of shared that they thought that the baby might be really big. So they sent me for, I think like two or three extra ultrasounds. I went for a whole bunch of extra non-stress tests at the um, hospital or whatever to make sure everything was okay. And um, they, they really wanted me to be induced because they thought this baby was going to be a behemoth. <laughs> and um, that scared me because going back also to um, my, my mom and the story, my personal being born story, I've heard a million times since I was, I don't even know. I just have heard the story and it was um, fairly traumatic for my mom. And so I, and, and my mom was induced obviously for me to be born. And so the thought of having to be induced just brought up a lot of fears for me and I really didn't want to do it, but the doctor made it sound like, or at least that's how I heard it, you know, that I didn't have a choice. Um, so I, I mean, I obviously agreed cause I didn't really know any different, but at, I was 41 and two when I went in for my, um, scheduled induction and they just did the cervidil, which is like, I don't know, the tampon insertion kind of thing. It's supposed to be a little bit more gentle, quote unquote, natural than um, being stuck on uh, Pitocin. Mm -hmm. um, so I had it in like all day or whatever. Um, and then um, by late afternoon, I was starting to feel um, some contractions. So I was like, oh, this is exciting. Like maybe... Mm -hmm maybe it will happen for real this time. And uh, we did have to go back in the evening to see the doctor and he did my cervical check or whatever. And he was like, no, sorry, we'll try again tomorrow. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but I was having contractions. Like that just felt so um, deflating. Mm. And then in the back of my mind still I'm thinking, about my birth. So my mom went in, she was induced the first day, nothing. They told her to come back the next day. And I'm like, Oh great. We're off to a really good start here. <laughs> um, but because I had started having contractions, I was too scared to go home that night because we lived a like solid hour away from town. Um, and so I, I mean, I didn't know if, whatever. So we, we got a room actually, they were gracious enough to let us have a room at the Ronald McDonald house for the night. And, um, by about 11 PM that evening, I was like, man, this is the worst feeling thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like <laughs> these are bad. And I timed, you know, and they say to come, but like between three and five minutes or whatever between contractions. So I went back over to labor and delivery and the nurse kind of tried not to laugh, but she was like, I'm sorry, there's nothing happening, honey. Like, <laughs> don't come back unless they're like a minute apart and, and, you know, whatever. So I went back to our room and I remember 
just like laying there crying, asking God to either make the contraction stop so that we could try again tomorrow and just start fresh or to make something happen because I just didn't think that I could handle <laughs> how much it hurt. Now, I didn't know at the time that he was sunny side up. So I was obviously having um, back labor, which is not fun. <laughs> mm. But anyway, so I, yeah, I just was like, this is horrible, but I was praying and whatever. And then I went to the bathroom and there was blood and I was like, oh, that, there's my son. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's go, hon. So <laughs> that was about three, just before three in the morning. And so we went back over and the nurse was like, I'm sorry, like, you're not even two centimeters dilated, honey. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You'll be more comfortable sitting, like, trying to sleep in your your bed that you have. And I was like, okay, still feeling pretty, you know, sad. So I stood up, though, and I got up to leave the room, and whoosh, my water broke, like, Hollywood movie style. And uh, she's like, well, I guess that you're staying here. <laughs> We call that, we call that active labor now. I was like, okay, see, yes, (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Um, But for the next many, many hours, I I had really um, heavy, painful contractions. And I did progress a little bit. I got to about four centimeters by like early-ish morning, like seven kind of in the morning, somewhere in there. Um, but then things stopped. It just, I mean, I was still having contractions. I was still in pain. Um, and they were like only minutes apart, these contractions, um, or like a minute apart, like they were intense and, but nothing happened. And so I, um, And the nurse come and was like, yeah, things haven't, uh, you know, changed in a couple hours here. We definitely don't want to, like, let it go too long, but we'll, like, wait a little bit longer because you expressed, obviously, that you don't want to um, go have any interventions or whatever. But, but we're just, we're going to give you a time limit, basically. And I'm like, okay. So, also, flashback to my birth story again my mom the second day she went in and got and did the um induction drugs nothing really happened they said sorry come back again and then on the third day um they started her on the drip finally they're like we need to get this motor in and so i was just seeing so many parallels and i was Mm -hmm. getting very fearful Um, that it was going to be the same Um, because also um, with my birth then um, I don't know if you know about like they have these little I mean it's a fetal heart monitor but they insert it and then they kind of like screw a little electrode basically into the baby's um, scalp Mm -hmm. and so they'd done that with with me and then there was a heartbeat and then all of a sudden there was nothing and so then it quickly turned to an emergency C-section, and that was how I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, again, 
I was having this whole thing replaying in my mind and I can just, I could just feel the, the fear creeping in, you know, it would, it would wash over. And I just was like, I need, I mean, I knew, I knew I needed to be praying because I didn't know how I was going to get through it. So we finally, the nurses, when they'd given me the like kind of ultimatum is they said, you have one hour before, um, we start the drip and get things, you know, going a little bit, um, faster here because we're concerned that you haven't progressed. And I was like, okay, here we go, God, let's do this. So I got my husband pumping the worship music. And I honestly, I don't think I've ever prayed so hard in my life. Like I was like, okay, I can do this. And I did every gymnastics move they wanted me to. They're like, you got to try and do something, sweetheart. Like if you don't want to do this and I'm like, okay. So I, like I did it all. And I was like, whew okay, they're going to come back and they're going to say it's great. And they come back and they're like, sorry, <laughs> nothing changed. And again, you just sink down. And I was like, oh man. But um, anyways, yeah. I, like I said, I just keep playing this back in my head, the things that happened with me. But then they come in, they started the drip. And honestly, it was less than a minute. I feel like it was more like 30 seconds. And I actually literally felt the baby rotate and drop down. And I had the urge to push instantly. (laughs) And they wanted to, they wanted to check his heart rate and make sure, well, I didn't know he was a he at the point, that point, but anyways, they wanted to check the heart rate. And so then they, um, inserted that electrode thingy. And I was like, Oh boy, here we go again. Oh. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just, you know, so it was just such a, a roller coaster the up and down, like the whole, whole time just being washed over with the fear. And I just, I felt like it was my worst nightmare coming true because everything was just happening, you know, the same, the same thing, but I just tried to keep praying through it and, and whatever. I mean, it was, yeah, probably one of the most like spiritually challenging battles I've ever had going through that trajectory, I guess. But I only pushed for exactly 15 minutes <laughs> once he actually got into position, which I understand now why things went that way. But in the middle of it, man, you just feel helpless really. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, anyways, our baby boy was born and we named him Walker Emmanuel. And if you don't know, Emmanuel means God with you. And I'm like, that was so true. Cause if I didn't have God that day to like, ask me to help me every time I had that wave of panic wash over me, I would have drowned in it, you know, mm. but instead I would have the reassurance that I could do it. And then you'd, you'd get a little bit further. I mean, it, it kept coming back just uh, like the whole time, but, but I'm sure that if I didn't have him, I don't think I could have, you know, got through it. And And when he was finally placed in my arms, like, it's that you can't even actually explain the like feeling of peace that just mm. washes 
right over. It was like every struggle, <laughs> the last 20 some hours that I'd been through just was wiped away because, you know, my, my walker boy was here and God got us through it somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. So you did all of that. You never had an epidural or anything. No, that's correct. I, I used the um, laughing gas a little bit. Uh, well, probably a lot of a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when I finally, it was time to push, they took it away from me. They wouldn't let me have it because I wouldn't, mm-hmm. wasn't focused enough. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah, I, um, I did not have the epidural. And that was one thing I was like pretty adamant on from the beginning. And I was thankful that they, um, at the hospital didn't pressure me. Anyway, like my, my prenatal care compared to the care that I had in the labor and delivery unit was quite different. Like the, the nursing staff and everything that I had in the hospital were really great as far as, like I said, honoring what you want. And I don't know that that happens all the time. Um, mm-hmm. but I was grateful for that because I wasn't really in the place to be strong enough to fight back if there had been pushback. Mm-hmm. So do you think that you did anything to encourage the baby to rotate and drop or was that just like a total miracle thing? Like it just happened. Honestly, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a miracle regardless, even if it was because yeah. I did all of these things that was able to, to get him to, to turn, but, um, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah, it was just unbelievable, really. I mean, they, I was like, so sure, you know, like I said, that they were like, okay, we're going to come back and check. And I did all this stuff, right. And it wasn't. And then, I mean, yeah, they were surprised as I was when he (laughs) flipped and it just happened so, so fast from there. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's just such a testament to, you know, the not waiting, (laughs) you know, like how many times they just rush a woman into a Mm C-section because, you know, oh, sorry, it hasn't happened within the hour. We're going to have to do the next thing. But it it does. It just takes a second (laughs) for for it to happen. And if I I had, I mean, yeah, not... Um, I don't know what the word, I guess I, if I'd caved, I mean, not that it was super pressuring or whatever, but if I hadn't just waited on the Lord that he would make it happen, how it was supposed to happen, then it might've been a different um, story. Yeah, totally. So um, what was your immediate postpartum like, as far as like, you know, the delivery of the placenta, all of that? Right you um, oh, I did, I did hemorrhage, um, and I, <laughs> it's funny because, um, I had to do, they had to do like the fancy uterine massage or whatever mm-hmm. they do when you have a hemorrhage. And, but I was so smitten with that baby. I didn't even notice <laughs> that they were doing that. They did stitches. I, I mean, I, I had a minor tear, so they only put a couple of stitches, but I didn't even, I didn't flinch. I didn't care. <laughs> like I was so enamored with this little baby that I don't, I, they probably could have cut me more and I wouldn't have noticed. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was thankful for that. And then, um, I mean, things were pretty normal. I will say 
um, when they tell you to rest, you should rest. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. And I went to go do a load of laundry and I squatted down and tore my stitch. Um, oh. So <laughs> that's not nice yeah. and not enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But re- I mean, really, take take the at least a good week or two and just relax. It'll make the rest of recovery so much easier. I feel like if you just do take that time to rest. And I feel like in the world we live in, the importance of rest isn't really like stressed mm-hmm. and it should be. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and it's, it's essential. I mean, you don't perform your best in other things if you don't have time to rest either. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so how is your um, postpartum time then as far as um, mental, mentally and, and just the healing process besides the doing too much too yeah. soon? <laughs> yeah. Um, I did, I did feel uh, pretty overwhelmed emotionally for a little while. And I, um, like we'd even had won a free uh, newborn photography session and just like the thought of having to go out of the house and move that first little bit. I was so, like you said, just so overwhelmed. I just sobbed and sobbed and didn't go. Mm. <laughs> and that's okay too. But at the time I thought that there was kind of something wrong with me, but, but you learn that your hormones are just so wacky and all over the place. And it's okay if you feel a little bit sad and it's okay if you feel overwhelmed, you don't have to do all the things. Um, and so that took me a little bit of time to learn. Plus I did have a little bit of a tricky time just feeling out how to be comfortable breastfeeding. I didn't have, um, like issues with, with milk or anything like that, but just like figuring out how to hold this tiny little (laughs) person Mm -hmm. and, and make it comfortable. And, um, I mean, I, I knew a few people that had had like friends that had babies before me and they, um, were considerably like smaller chested than me. And so it just seemed so easy for them to be able to go somewhere and like be covered and not, be uncomfortable and I couldn't figure out how I was supposed to feed my baby without having 17 pillows stacked on my lap and like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so it just seemed impossible to be able to do anywhere but home yeah yeah it can definitely be a learning curve mm-hmm. <laughs> yes for sure yes <laughs> yeah. and it is hard when you see mama's having an easy time and then it's hard to not have that comparison thing and it's yes it can just be a vicious cycle <laughs> yeah yeah Aww. yes but then were you able to just breastfeed fine then after you yeah, figured yeah. it out it took us it took us probably a good two weeks for me to just be like yeah comfortable and then after that I, I mean I um breastfed him for 15 months so we yeah. we had a good we had a good long journey <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think baby obviously has to learn too. So I think that sounds pretty, like a pretty normal amount of time to get it figured out and adjust Mm -hmm. it and and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So do you have anything else from that time that you want to share? 
Well, just, I mean, so, I mean, since then, I guess I'll, I'll kind of share a little bit in between and then, and then tie it back in. So, um, we did, um, get pregnant and I had, uh, our second born in 2019. Um, I had a little bit more, uh, confidence, I guess, in being able to say what I wanted when I was with the doctors with that baby. So I also went, uh, overdue with her, but I was like, I'm not getting induced a day before 12 days. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like it's just not happening because I'm, I'm going to have this baby naturally. Um, and so I was induced or booked to be induced at, um, 41 and six and she was born the day before Mm. and it was a night and day different uh delivery we actually we were in a a hit and run the day before she was born um a guy yeah rear-ended me in their pickup truck I was sitting at a stoplight and he fled the scene, um, which that's a whole interesting story (laughs) afterwards to just dealing with insurance and whatnot, because it was a stolen vehicle and yada Hoover, huh? (laughs) But, um, and so, uh, like her, her pregnancy was same as like very uneventful other than I was sick, but nothing, scary happened it was just as boring as they want it to be (laughs) and then um but yeah after that accident then we went to I did go to the emergent care because I didn't know like how to tell if there was anything wrong Mm -hmm. um and I asked the doctor I was like so like what are the risks and he he checked her heart rate and said everything seems fine or whatever but you just want to watch for signs of um your placenta detaching and I was like oh okay Mm -hmm what's that look like? He's like, labor. <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. Oh I'm, no. I'm 41. Just about 42 oh, no. weeks pregnant. How would I know any yeah. different? <laughs> wow. So we decided to go to, uh, the, um, labor and delivery unit just for a stress test or whatever, just to make sure that she seemed, um, okay. And her heart rate was actually quite elevated, but they're like, we'll just monitor you for a while. And then finally they were like, have you ate today? <laughs> I was like, actually, no, I haven't mm-hmm. ate. So they brought me a sandwich. And literally as soon as I ate the sandwich, she calmed right down. And they were like, okay, you can go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that was good. But she, I, I never, well, I had started having contractions sometime in the night, but I didn't really notice much I just was like oh yeah I don't know I'm just kind of crampy I'll go back to sleep and then at five in the morning I woke up and was like hmm honey we should probably uh like think about going to the hospital and he's like why I was like my contractions are only three minutes apart (laughs) and we live an hour from town and he's like oh yeah okay call your mom right now so my mom come and got our son and then we went to the hospital it all went really fast um when I got there, they were like, oh, yeah, you're nine and a half centimeters. Let's get you in the room. And 
and uh, the doctor come and they're like, oh, we're gonna just break the water because it it was just, I guess, like bulging. I don't know. And she, mm-hmm. so they just did that. And I pushed for three minutes and she was born at 7.20 a.m. So it was a very short and very fast labor and completely, my mindset was completely different. Like mm. we named her Michaela Joy and I just, the joy part really, I didn't have that same level of fear like I had when our son was born. It just, it just wasn't there. I mean, I didn't have enough time even for it to have, be yeah. fearful, but it just wasn't. I was like smiling the whole time. I mean, it hurt obviously, but like I was joking with the nurses and all kinds of crazy things. It was just a, a much different, um, much different situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So after she was born, I was like, I can do this again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, which was a lot because after my son was born, I was like, it's okay if we only have one. I don't, I don't know if I ever want to experience that, mm-hmm. which is, was strange because I'd always thought my husband and I had talked, we like, yeah, we'll have four kids. And after he was born, I was just like, no, one's, one's good. I don't, mm. one's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, yeah, just like night and day between the two. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I learned so much from, um, like my birth with, with Walker, with my son, because, because of the trial that it was, you know, Mm-hmm. And I know now that I have a lot more say when it comes to medical decisions um, as far as birth goes than I did then, you know. And I know now that I know my body better than anyone else, too. So when you do make choices about things, it's be- because of what you know about how your body is. And, and they don't know your body. <laughs> they just yeah. are making the best guess that they can based on what they've seen before, what they've done before, whatever. But I think most importantly, I know out of that, that no matter what happens, that, you know, God's right there with me and he's not going to forsake me in the middle of a painful labor. He's not going to forsake me at a car accident before my daughter's born. He's just is just there. And so, yeah. And, um, we did actually, um, experience a miscarriage also, uh, last, last year, which it's kind of interesting because, um, I found out we were expecting in February of last year and the baby would have been due October and we lost the baby in March. Um, and then almost, exactly it was the same week as my due date would have been for the baby that we lost I found out that we were pregnant with this baby and it was just another I don't know sweet sweet reminder that yeah Mm. he we're not alone (laughs) and that he cares about the things that we go through Mm -hmm. even when they're really hard yeah So what do you think, besides obviously having 
gone through it one time and trusting, like knowing your body could do it. Do you, did you do anything else to really help you prepare for your second birth to help you get rid of the fear and have a more positive mindset towards going into that birth? Um, I did like try to learn more things. So I actually made, uh, friends with, uh, well, I have a couple friends now that are doulas. And so I learned a lot of random things and I just like tried to take a fairly, I don't know, proactive approach. Um, I didn't recline ever after 32 weeks because I didn't want to have a sunny side up baby again. And I ate a lot of dates and I bought 400 pounds of red raspberry leaf tea. (laughs) 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 And whether or not those things actually make a difference, it helped me mentally because it was like, I, I can do a few things that might be helpful. And so that, I don't know, you feel like you have a little bit of, um, I don't know, strength in that or something. Yeah. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, just, just really, I don't know. I just, I had to trust God. That's, that's basically, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and like, I guess if there was one thing I could tell other people, like, it's okay, actually, if you feel like you don't have the strength to get through labor or the strength to get through anything. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Because I learned that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so it's, it's him (laughs) that got me through it. Not, not my own strength, you know? And so I don't know. And, and because of him, there was joy even through all of that pain. Even when we lost our baby, like it was a fairly, dramatic um thing they were worried that it was a molder pregnancy which um if you don't know anything about that basically what happens is the cells start dividing and i and i don't know what the issue is but they don't have this the signal to stop dividing so rapidly and so then it, it can turn into a um more like a tumor than anything and it can actually cross the uterine wall and if that happens then it's a really high risk to become a cancerous tumor um and so they were they were concerned about that and um they wanted me to have a dnc and i was nervous about that too because my mom had also had to have (laughs) several of those before um with the miscarriages she'd had and I have a a very strong personal um conviction about terminating pregnancies and so I was very concerned and and had to ask the doctor like you are you're sure a hundred percent that this is not a living Mm-hmm. being because if it is I don't care what your recommendation is <laughs> I won't yeah do it but um yeah so we did end up finding out and I there was a lot of prayer through that too and and I was able to reach out to um another another uh woman that I knew that had had uh, several miscarriages before and she'd actually had the exact same type of miscarriage 
where she'd had to do the DNC. And so that was pretty encouraging being able to speak with someone that walked down the same path. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, so, I mean, and, and God carried us through that situation too. And there was joy at the end of it. I mean, like I said, this baby that we're expecting right now, I'm 35 weeks now. And we found out, yeah, that they were going to be here around the the due date from our other baby, which just was like, I don't know. I just, I cried and cried <laughs> when I found out because it was like, yeah, he didn't forget about that baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are, are you choosing the same route this time to go back to the same hospital and everything? Um, yeah, so I am in with the midwives this time and I'm excited, um, just for things, I think it'll be a little bit different. And so, yeah, at the, at the hospital, I get to have a water birth this time. So I'm excited to try that and just see how, um, cause I've heard lots of things about water birth. I could do it at home, but we're, I just personally feel a little bit too far away from, um, the hospital to be comfortable just in the event that something, um, did happen, which I know can, there's definitely unpredictability, um, when it comes to (laughs) childbirth, but I just, I just felt, um, yeah, more, more confident and more comfortable knowing that there were the resources available if we should need them. But, um, I, I was reading even some statistics about water birth and I was like, this sounds really, mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds really exciting. So I'm just, yeah, very thankful that I'm going to get to try that this time and, and just be with the different care team. And then I also have, um, depending on what the hospital rules are, because they change a lot still, um, as far as who you can have in the room for a support person. Um, I mean, my husband will be there, Lord willing, <laughs> Um, but I also have, uh, uh, I mean, a doula, it's, it's a friend that, um, knows a lot of things, whatever. So she, she said she could, um, be there too, just to help even help my husband just know what he should be doing and not just stand there holding my hand. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So with the um, the midwives in the hospital, I mean, you did say that um, you notice a difference in the care. You said they're more laid back, but do they mm-hmm. do all of the same testing and everything that an OB would do or what else um, is different? So, I mean, they offer all of the same testing, um, but just, just even the way that they word things just seems so much more like it's in your court if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like at the, at the doctor, it was like, okay, we're doing this, this day, you're going to go, they do this, 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 whatever. And I was like, with the midwives, for example, um, with the gestational diabetes screen, they're like, okay, at this point, this is what we recommend. If you are, um, this is why we recommend it, or this is why, you know, it's usually done, whatever. If you want to go ahead with it, I can get you the, the lab requisition. And I personally have nothing like I, I have no issues doing the gestational diabetes 
um, screen because, I mean, diabetes does run in my family anyways. Um, but, and I, so I, I wasn't against it before, but before lots of things, like you said, it just, or like I said, it just felt more like you didn't have the choice. Mm-hmm. It was just, that's what you were told you were going to do. Yeah. And so it is, um, yeah, it's just a lot different of a feeling and a lot more, yeah, relaxed, just yeah. knowing that it feels more like my choice this time mm-hmm. and everything. So it's more like true informed consent versus yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. what we're supposed to have informed consent in the doctors, but a lot of times it's <laughs> not really that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else that, you know, you already did kind of say that I always like to ask, you know, what's a piece of advice you'd like to give like a first time mom, but you mm-hmm. did mention that. So Um, Did you have any other resources that really helped you or that you are enjoying this time or um, as far as like educational things? Um, I, well, there is, I didn't, I didn't do a lot. Like I didn't even go to, I mean, maybe I should have with my first, I don't know if what you learn at like Lamaze or anything like that, but I didn't um, go do any specific classes somewhere. And my husband worked a lot so I he would have never been able to come with me anyways but I did I did take one course online and um it actually ties into my whole (laughs) waves sort of description earlier with the waves of pain or whatever but the the way that the woman described it was that every contraction is like a wave and that Mm -hmm. and it lasts um uh, whatever, a minute, right? Mm-hmm. About, about approximately for a minute for contraction. But she said it's 20 seconds leading up to the pain and then 20 seconds only out of the whole thing. That's the intense, most intense part. And then 20 seconds coming back down. And she said, you can do anything for 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so I remember with those contractions that were so awful and so painful, it was like, I, I can do I, 20 seconds. I only have to get through 20 seconds of this and then I can have a break again. And so actually that was really helpful for me because it can seem overwhelming. You think about, oh, I've been doing this for 15 hours already <laughs> and yeah. it's never going to stop. But, but really each contraction, it's not even a whole minute. It's just 20, 20 seconds. And you could do it. So that one was actually, that's really the only thing I remember like hearing or whatever that really um, stuck with me. I did have a dear friend give me a book that was about how to have a a pain-free labor. And um, it, it might, well, she said it was helpful for her, which is good. But for me, it was more like, it just seemed so unbelievable that I didn't enjoy reading the book it was just Mm. like how dare you (laughs) how dare you say that you had a good time (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah it does happen (laughs) yeah it totally does Uh, yeah thank you for coming on and sharing your stories and we'll have to have you back after your newest babe is born (laughs) yes yeah 
it's always fun to hear the fresh stories because you kind of remember way more of every little detail and yeah. that, yes. that happened. <laughs> yes. And cool. I'm, yeah, I, I am excited to see, yeah, how it, how it goes and how I can compare it to um, my other births just because there is so much that's different this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so crazy how with with every birth it can be different even though it's you know the same mom (laughs) right it can still just yeah it can be its own experience and that's why there's a never-ending just you can listen to hundreds and hundreds and thousands of birth stories and it's never boring (laughs) yes (laughs) Uh, yeah cool well thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories and i can't wait to hear the next one (laughs) yes okay thank you for having me thank you so much for listening I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.